Welcome to the Audit 15 Fund podcast. My goal of this podcast is to bring relevant internal audit topics to the table at least every 15 days. Today, I have the honor to have as my guest, Soumya Krishnan. She is a Chief Audit Executive based in Singapore. And Shagin Ganasan, he is a Chief Audit Executive based in South Korea. Welcome both to the podcast. It's an honor to have you on. Thank you. Hi, John. Absolutely. So the topic of the episode is what's your annual training plan with your team? And the question here, the big question is, we hear so much that internal auditors need more business acumen. That is the number one thing that people respond to in surveys that internal auditors need. In many, many global different surveys, that is the number one thing that they need. So my question to you guys, and Somia, you can go first, is what are you doing with your team to give them better opportunities to improve their business acumen? Thanks for that question. And I think that's something very relevant to all audit teams, particularly given you know the speed at which technology is changing and to keep up with professional goal growth as well as professional development. So I would narrate my most recent experience, which is we had a training plan, training budgets approved ahead of the year, where we draw up a training plan. And the strategy is to have a dual focus one is for team training, another for individual training. So the team training component is where the team members are empowered to choose their own training plans. Yeah, so they just need to get the approval, yeah, just to be sure that they are not signing up for dressmaking. And uh, for the team training part, what we do is to assess the training needs for the team. And that's where I feel business knowledge would be a very uh, important component to be addressed. This is how we manage the budgets, where we could then have a dual focus to professionally develop the team. So when it comes to business acumen, although you know my personal belief is training alone does not address this particular gap because it's, it's quite a challenging one. And uh, I would love to hear from Shagan later on what other possibilities exist to address this. But for business acumen, mostly it's not the budgets that's a challenge, but it is more of, you know, what kind of training plans could address these kind of requirements. So in one of my previous roles where I was a consultant with a big four, we used to conduct some trainings on SAP audit for internal auditors. So one of the most, uh, I would say, you know, the star uh, feedback that I have received even after several years after the training were those where people reached out to conduct custom trainings in their environment. The reason being, no two businesses have the same requirements and no two business processes are the same and no two SAP implementation is therefore the same either. So this is where, you know, custom trainings uh, specific to the environment I found where the most help. Customized training. Shagin, some initial thoughts on how you address the gap in business acumen with internal auditors. Yeah. So um, I will draw with the experience that I have in my present organization. So 
Um, we are a multinational, so we operate in 18 countries and we've got about 220 auditors. So having a, a training plan is absolutely critical to make sure that one, the auditors are kept up to speed with what's going on in the business, what's going on in the profession, and also uh, the environment that we operate in. So every year we develop a training program, which, um, so each auditor has to do at least 30 hours of training and uh, at least 120 hours over a three-year period. So we categorize our training into four different categories. One is um, corporate training. Um, so the company basically provides business-specific training programs across, not just internal audit, but across the whole business. So we take part in that. And then we have got a second component, which is the internal audit specific. So every auditor is supposed to cover seven areas. So we look at audit and accounting as one area, data analytics, emerging technologies, forensic investigation, leadership, and ethics. And we expect everyone to spend at least 20 hours in those seven categories, at least one hour each at a minimum. And then we have got external training where someone wants to do industry specific. So we are in the insurance industry. So we use companies like Loma, where somebody wants to do um, actuarial specific or um, life insurance or general insurance area. And also somebody who wants to upskill, who wants to do a CRA or a CRMA or any of those things. And then the fourth part is professional services. So though, that is how we develop. And we've got budgets for each um, country to say, this is how much we need to spend based on the number of headcounts that we have. So the training plan is very specific and it's very prescriptive to say what we need to cover in order for us to meet the requirements. From a business um, acumen perspective, uh, two things. One is we look at industry-specific um, uh, training that staff can go into if they want to. And the second part is that we adopt a guest auditor program so every year we've got somebody from the business who uh, was a specialist in a particular area. They will do an audit together with one of my team members who has got probably less uh, business knowledge about a specific area. So they um, impart their knowledge about the business to us and we impart, you know, in terms of controls and risks to them. So it's a win-win situation at the end of the day. So. Um, the more you do this, the more people get familiarized with, you know, things like AML, um, the underwriting process. We can look at processes or controls, but we don't understand the business decisions as to why somebody does something. So that's where um, those kind of uh, input from the business is really valuable. So that's how we bridge the gap between auditors who are controls and, you know, risk specific and, and uh, someone with business knowledge. So you mentioned seven areas there, Shagin. Can you just recap, and I'll transition to Somia here to maybe some input from her experience in addressing those areas. Yeah, so the seven areas that we look at is the first one is audit and accounting. Second one is data analytics. The third one is emerging technology. Fourth one is IT. Basically, we look at IT, GC, or cybersecurity and those sort of things. The fifth one is forensic investigations. Six is leadership and seven is ethics. So we need to do at least one hour of each of those seven areas. In total, it has to be at least 20 hours a year. So Somia, from the list that Shagan share here, <laughs> and based on your experience, kind of putting you on the spot a little bit, but what, uh, what has been some of the focus for you in the teams that you have led? 
Oh, yes. Thanks for sharing on the guest auditor bit as well, Shagan. So to share from my experience, maybe I should narrate an anecdote here. I normally mention to my IT audit team that they are all superheroes without a cape because an IT organization has very specialized teams across different platforms with specific skills to support like, you know, infrastructure, application security, end user support, and many others, right? But the IT audit team is expected to assess controls, security across all, all of these platforms if possible, right? I mean, at best, you could have one subject matter expert that is insoled or you can outsource in shadow, but, you know, this is reality on the ground. So from my experience, I believe in specialization increasingly. So for when it comes to training budgets, even though individual budgets, they are free to choose. So if someone wants to choose any of these seven areas, which they do not specialize in, I think that's wonderful for their personal growth and professional development. But for the training budget to be effective for the organization, I believe it helps to, you know, have a team training for business acumen or, you know, or general, you know, controls or IT, et cetera. But in terms of specialization, the individual budgets is where they can focus on areas outside of their specialization. So when it comes to data analytics, I've seen, you know, teams, I've also, in my most recent experience, I've also had the entire internal audit team attend training on data analytics, for example. But then not all of them have the business domain knowledge to frame the right questions, to collate mm -hmm. the right data, uh, to visualize using the right visualizations. So this is where, you know, training definitely helps. And I really appreciate the idea that uh, Shagan has put forward. But there are some practical challenges from a perspective of specialization versus personal growth. I think just to add on to that, Samia, I think that the, what you're saying is absolutely correct. Um, the, the, the model that we have right now is based on the structure that we have. So um, because we are a large internal audit team, so we've got specialist teams that reside in other parts of the world. So my team is called the business audit team. So we basically look at the business processes. So we would focus more on audit and accounting. So we've got a specialist team uh, in, in Hong Kong, which looks at data analytics only. We've got an IT team in Malaysia that does only IT audits. And we've got another team that does only artificial intelligence and those sort of things. So those people will specialize in those areas. So of the seven areas that I've talked about, um, if somebody who is in the forensic investigation team, they will probably spend, you know, maybe 10 hours in forensic investigations mm -hmm. and one hour each in the other areas. My team will probably spend more in audit and less in other areas. So we want everyone to have a flavor of each of those seven areas, but depending on your specialization, then you'll spend more time in those areas to make sure that, you know, you, up, you polish up your, your skill set. It makes perfect sense. I mean, um, I think, you know, when you explain that you have specializations and that's how even the seven areas and the time spent are in a way distributed, I think that makes perfect sense. We want everyone to have a, a little bit of everything. Mm. Because just because you're an IT auditor or a, or a DA um, specialist, um, it doesn't mean that you should not know anything about audit or you should not know anything about investigations or leadership and all that. So we want everyone to have a a slice of everything, uh, but you know you specialize in the area that you are you're you're hired for, I suppose. <laughs> so I, I 
I do want to expand on one thing that you mentioned, Shagin, in your first response, which is the use of guest auditors, which is that interaction between the audit team and the business. So maybe if you can expand on that and like maybe some other ideas, I don't know if you guys have implemented other initiatives in trying to have that interaction between the internal audit team and the business to improve business acumen within the internal audit department. So maybe some, some final thoughts here on how you go about doing that, you know, guest auditor, I think that's a great, great idea. Maybe some, some other ideas that you guys can share. So the guest auditor program is something that we started and I think, um, it is valuable for the auditors as much as it is for the business to be able to share knowledge. Uh, in another organization that I worked um, previously, what they do have is a rotation program. Um, other than the head of internal audit, everyone else get rotated in and out. So no one stays in the, in the internal audit function for more than, I think it was five years, I think. So every, when you finish your cycle in internal audit, you go into the business and then somebody from the business will come into internal audit as part of a trading ground. So that breeds the, the, the knowledge between the business and the audit. It worked really well. But um, there are obviously, you know, um, pros and cons about it. And to me, uh, the downside of that is that you don't have institutional knowledge about internal audit processes because people come in and go. Um, so you have that, you know, that, that uh, non, non-constant sort of thing. Whereas in this organization, some of my team members have been here for 20 years, um, but they've done different parts of the business. So they've got a very good understanding of the business and also internal audit. So I suppose there's pros and cons in looking at it. So, so yes, are your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Just to add to that, right? Yeah. The guest auditor is something that, you know, is, a, is also a practice that I found very, very useful, uh, you know, in my organization. The other practice was to also second, right? So second, second month for uh, short-term assignments, uh, for example, to finance when someone is on maternity leave and things like that. So that actually uh, serves two purposes. One is it helps with cross-functional collaboration, relationship management, as well as sound understanding of the business process for the team. And this person, when they come back, uh, like what Shagan mentioned, is, is a person that can actually share the knowledge. So second month is another, uh, you know, uh, opportunity within business. And um, I mean, uh, having said that, this also works for IT audit teams or data analytics teams. And another thing I realized is, you know, um, sharing amongst the team members, like what Shagan just uh, mentioned, I, I, one of the areas I found within the audit team where this is often, uh, I would say, underestimated is the business acumen needed for data analysts. So these are mostly the folks that are very good with coding, the queries that we want, visualize the dashboards. But um, to phrase the right questions, it's always the business auditors, right? But Mm -hmm. in terms of availability of data and to put together the right queries and to understand how that data was populated is where there is value for data analysts to also have that acumen. So, um, Shagan, this is where I was uh, also mentioning that, uh, you know, your, one of the key takeaways to have some time allocated across all teams to have across those seven areas that you highlighted is very useful. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I think uh, data analytics is one area where you can actually write a script, write a test, but if you don't know what you're testing, um, you're not going to get the right results. So um, yeah, I completely agree with you. The risks that I, we, we considered in my organization, we considered about secondments uh, for quite a number of years. And I think one of the risks to us is that most of our teams are quite small. And so if anyone were to be seconded to finance, for example, we've got a policy that that person cannot do audits in finance for the next two years. Um, so that limits the amount of resource that I can use. So it became very difficult when people start seconding to risk to, you know, claims or to finance and places like that. And then when they come back and they can't do an audit for the next two years, and then it limits the ability for me to move my team around. So we thought uh, for our organization, that's not a ideal <laughs> approach. True, that's a practical problem that the uh, small audit teams face as well, right? And or you know, even within the country, you may have uh, <laughs> that kind of a problem. Another option, uh, you know, that I found very useful was um, it's mostly prevalent practice in statutory boards is lunchtime talks uh, that are organized yeah. uh, by subject matter experts from the business for the team. So these are not very long-term or, you know, you, you just tell them the particular topic that you're interested in and they share. And sometimes we also have these monthly calls with all the country heads and the business unit heads to share knowledge on certain, um, you know, uh, I would say, cases, fraud cases, and the lessons learned from those cases and stuff. And, uh, you know, these are also useful in sharing knowledge with the business. So they see this as not just auditors taking information from them, but also giving back to them. Yeah. So these are actually, you know, lunchtime talks I found uh, were very effective. And to get, mm. get that buy-in, uh, you know, I felt these relationship management calls where we share knowledge of lessons learned from other cases were also helpful. Uh, yeah, so I think, you know, more interaction with business in short builds better acumen. Can I just add one one more thing, uh, John and Somia? Not so much as business acumen. So we operate in different countries. In every country, the way the business run it, is run is very different from another country. So we have got a program called Mobility. Um, so I'm an example of that. So I used to work in, uh, in New Zealand for six years before I got um, seconded to Korea. So I bring the knowledge that I've gained in New Zealand and the way that we operate, the market is different, the business is different, the culture is different. And so we, uh, I'm here now, I'm trying to change or trying to see what I can um, uh, bring from my previous, previous country to this country and the things that I can learn from here. And probably, you know, when I go to the next another country somewhere else that I can bring that knowledge. Um, that's more of a, a long-term uh, global mobility that my company um, promotes. And the other one is a short-term mobility where this started at, during COVID. So when uh, people started working remotely, because more, sending people across the world takes a lot of money. So when COVID happened, a lot of people started working remotely. So now we have got a short-term uh, mobility program where someone works from Korea, for example, uh, he or she might be working in China or could be working in um, Australia or Singapore for an audit of, say, three months. Um, basically, you don't need to travel. So you're dedicated to that particular country and you learn about you know, business processes of another country without actually leaving your place. Um, so that has become quite popular because, you know, there's no cost involved. Beautiful, beautiful. Many, many ideas for people to increase business acumen within their teams. Love the idea that you shared there, Somia. 
lunchtime talk. It's so simple, yet so effective in what you mentioned there, Shagan, the mobility opportunity. Not all companies offer that, but for companies that do, definitely something that you have to take advantage of. So really do appreciate you both being on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Thank you, John. 